It's Thursday night. We're back on the Dana Nick show doing a podcast covering four Pac-12 football games this weekend, one on Friday, three on Saturday. It is cold and rainy here in Tucson. This is like the coldest it's been in, I don't know, man, like nine months, and it's raining. So, Nick, maybe you can relate to that a little bit. The World Series is on. I got it right here in the background. I don't watch baseball. Middle of the seventh inning, I guess. What's that, the seventh inning stretch or whatever? So, uh, this is going to be a good episode. We're starting off with Washington versus Oregon State. And since Nick is up there in Seattle, take this one away, buddy. What do you got? So, I mean, right off the bat, you got to look at Michael Penix Jr. Um, he's still the leading passer in the nation, um, 2,934 yards. And really, it's just the way he commands the offense, um, getting multiple receivers involved this year. You got Roma Dunze, uh, 700, 756 yards. He's their best overall receiver. I'd kind of compare him to like a like a Wes Welker outside kind of type guy. There's no real comparison. He just makes a nice um, kind of really tough catches in traffic. And then he, he runs decent routes. Um, again, not elite athleticism, but better than your average Pac-12 player. So he's a tough matchup. Um, Jalen McMillan also has 611 yards receiving. Um, he's a nice compliment piece. Uh, Jalen Polk, a little bit younger, 394 yards. So the ball is really moving around, and that's going to be hard to guard for uh, Oregon State. So that's going to be my first thing is can you get the ball to multiple receivers and maybe not uh, focus in on Adunze so much. Um, Oregon State has a really, really good secondary. Um, I think they rank like something like 67th in the nation, um, had that stat, somewhere in the 67, uh, 60th percentile, as we'd say in math scores as a kid, you know. But um, – <laughs> Yeah, dude. You know, PEMDOS, dog, parentheses, exponents, uh, Memphis Grizzlies, something like that. You know, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that, that's how PEMDOS goes, bro. But uh, no. Um, so in all seriousness, I, I want to see him get multiple receivers involved. I think that that would be um, a really wise decision really to protect himself against a good Oregon State secondary. And I just want to see um, if he can do that again, not honing too much on Dunze. Um, I also want to see more out of Wayne uh, Talapapa. Um I know I murdered that last time. I'm not going to try. My bad, dude. I respect your name. It's wrong. Um, but he has uh, his stats, you know, they, they don't ring off the table. Uh, 449 yards this year, 5.3 average carry. But um, he doesn't really stand out on paper, dude. It doesn't really seem like much to me. Um, same thing with Cameron Davis, Richard Newton. Um, those are kind of the other feature backs. Um, Cameron Davis is uh, kind of the uh, – you can call it more of a duo backfield. Um he is uh, 329 yards, complimenting Talapapa's 449. So that duo needs to do more, really. Um, I love Cam Davis in the goal line, has 10 touchdowns. Um, that's his one really, really strong asset. But um, can these playmakers step up? Because, again, I think that Oregon State's defense is really, really good. They may not have the stats to back it up scoring-wise, but they're good. Um, that needs to be recognized. Uh, the game being in Seattle is going to help. But I just think um, with Seattle having uh, – with Seattle, <laughs> I guess that's that's the new team of uh, Washington, the Seattle Huskies. But um, I'm thinking that they should just have just enough playmakers with all the questions that uh, Oregon State has quarterback to really get this game done. And, uh, yeah, I got the dogs. And let me go back to my previews. Wow, that was all off the top this time, dude. Um, such good <laughs> stats. I have like a life, you know what I'm saying? But, um, no um, – like uh, Washington, 27-24 um, is what I picked. So a uh, close, tough game. A lot of respect to Oregon State. Um, I just think, again, with the quarterback troubles, um, 
the teams are evil. They're pretty evil. They're evil, apparently. I'm pretty <laughs> equal. <laughs> They're evil. Dog, but, uh, I'm pretty equal, but I just like that quarterback giving uh, Washington this slight tilt. But uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, I think it's a, you know, a big matchup between a really elite offense and a really elite secondary. So it's a clash of strengths and they're going to go at it the whole game. Um, the weather is a question in my mind. So earlier in the week, there was a lot of reports, I guess, on Twitter about it being really rainy. But then as the week has developed, it's sort of like there's this weird bubble that's happening around Seattle where all the rain is going everywhere except for in Seattle. So I don't know if that's still true, Nick, but it seems like the, the, the game isn't going to be as rainy as it was once thought at the beginning of the week. And so at the beginning of the week, you're like, oh, the rain is definitely going to help Oregon State because they run the ball and Washington throws the ball. So rain games obviously help a running team in that aspect. But it seems like it's going to be drier, which makes me lean more and more towards Washington. I do have Washington winning. Uh, Kalen DeBoer's system is just elite. There's no other way to describe it. Uh, plenty of you know pre-snap movement. Uh, route trees are designed to get players into open space. Um, yards after the catch, but also... Do you say route trees? Route trees, man. A route tree. That's where they go on the field when they, you know, hike the ball. The wide receivers, man. <laughs> a tree? A route tree, man. It's a route tree. Okay, man. No, <laughs> not serious. Just continue on. I'm just, I'm just being <laughs> weird, dude. Sorry. I'm no, no, not really I, sorry, but yeah. <laughs> no, that's... Like, it's des- the offense is designed to get players into open space, and they do that um using pre-snap movement and post-snap um just the speed of the wide receivers and the personnel that UW has that wide receiver like you've been mentioning um is perfect for that system and Michael Penix Jr. has been executing it uh efficiently and it's been you know really good for them this season and a home game it is a Friday night right so it's a little bit weird for a big game like this but I still think Husky Stadium is going to be uh packed and there's going to be a lot of fans there the home home field advantage will be big and so I, I got Washington winning um, I don't even know if it's going to be close, man, because I just I, – I don't know. I think Kalen DeBoer's offense is really good. So whether or not it's going to be a close game, I would, I would lean towards uh, UW covering. I think the spread is like three and a half or maybe seven. I don't know. But I think UW will win, um, and it won't exactly be a close game. It might not be a blowout, but I think UW will get it done. Uh, Chance Nolan's still not playing. So we got Go Branson back there at quarterback. Damian Martinez is a running back at Oregon State and killing it. But I just don't think they have enough firepower to keep up with Washington's offense. And I think UW is just going to end up scoring more points, bottom line. So, yeah, did you got any final thoughts on that? Do you want to move on to Cal versus USC and my my route tree talk, baby? Look it up. <laughs> Dude, I, really, I really thought you were making up that word to, like, see if I was paying attention. I was like, dude, like, okay, dude, okay, like – <laughs> but no, <laughs> no. Um, I mean, no. I think I said what I got to say. I think just, um, essentially, this is one of those games that nationally, I think a lot of people may go to sleep on the East Coast, um, and probably rightfully so. Um, I wouldn't probably watch um two teams out of my conference really, really late at night. Uh, maybe in college when I was hammered, but probably not now for the most part. But um, like uh, I think that these are two really good teams, and this is a game worth watching. I think. This matchup in particular is a sign of the proving in the Pac-12. Um, you just got to love, again, what Washington's done. Um, Oregon State, obviously, um, a quarterback away from, honestly, really just being one of the best teams in the conference. So, um, love the hard-nosed, de- the hard-nosed defense at Oregon State. Um, love the way UW Michael Penix just came in and decided to make UW good again because they were trash last year. 
and you got two uh, real programs fighting for a small, small outside, slim, slim piece of uh, the pie, really. A, man, that was a boring quote, but uh, really just fighting for last chances and maybe sneaking in the conference championship. So that's kind of my final thoughts on that. All right, so let's move on to Cal at USC. Uh, the Trojans have been dealing with some injuries, um, both sides of the ball. Jordan Addison is the one that sticks out in your mind, a wide receiver who's been out. Um, they had another wide receiver out to Mario Williams last week, who was unexpectedly uh, didn't play against Arizona. Taj Washington stepped up in their absence, had a big game um, in, in USC's offense, really rolled last week in Tucson. So, Based in California this week, you know, the Bears have really struggled on offense. Their offensive line is one of the worst in the Pac-12. Statistically, it's on the same level um, as Stanford and close to uh, Wazoo in sacks allowed per game, tackles per loss allowed per game. So it's not – I mean, it starts with the offensive line on any team, really. And that can be overcome a little bit by a mobile quarterback, you know, a quarterback that can scramble. Uh, but Jack Plummer isn't really that type of quarterback, nor is that system designed uh, for really a, a mobile quarterback or even RPOs or anything like that. Sort of a, a basic a- a- antiquated, an old way of playing football. That's the way to say it. Um, it's like a pro-style offense that's just um, – Antiquated, pretty, dude. A- antiquated. There you go. That's the word, baby. Antiquated. And, yeah, so um, that's run by Musgrave up there. And so – I've been saying on the internet or on my uh, on the internet on my uh, stories that they need to move on from Musgrave, get a new offensive coordinator in there because it's just not working out. And um, they got some players. Jada Knott's good. Uh, Jay Michael Sturdivant's a good wide receiver. So it's not like and Jack Plummer's a good quarterback. So they should be they should be better than they are. Uh, the defense may be taking a step back this year compared to last season. Uh, but overall, California's been a you know really disappointing. They they beat the hell out of Arizona right in that that game at Berkeley, but haven't really played very well um, since then. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Um, think it's going to be a blowout? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Let's see. What did I pick the score to be? Let's just start with that. Usually I say that to them. Yes, I do think it's going to be a blowout. I picked uh, USC uh, forty-two to seventeen, and. Uh, I don't really want to talk about Cal because I'm not really sure why Justin Wilcox felt the need to resign. Um, I think in my short um, in my short preview, um, I'll just read this. Like it's already been published, so I'll read this. So, um, USC fans, you'll get a little enjoying gloating time. I'm going to move my position and get us all ready for story time. Okay, a whole three sentences. Y'all ready? Um, so. On the California USC Saturday, November fifth at seven thirty p.m., guys. USC 42 to 17. So I wrote the previews coming, but let's not overlook what Caleb Williams did last week. Williams made multiple high level NFL throws. He's Steve Nash, Arizona's defense. That's right. <laughs> he's Steve Nash. You're in your home turf, baby. I didn't even know that was coming. I didn't even think about that till this moment. That feels good. Um, probably not for you. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, you have NBA teams, so who's really winning? But, um, <laughs> so <laughs> come on. And now I'm hurt. Maybe I'd like stop talking and go cry. But, um, Continuing on with my reading, I told you this is going to be a fun story time. Luckily for Cal, they're good on that side of the ball, referring to defense. Unluckily for the Golden Bears, football. You feel me? (laughs) I mean, dude, and I think I kept talking like crap about Cal, but I'll stop now. I mean, in all seriousness, I just expect more out of them. Um, I mean, (laughs) ever since they lost to Colorado, it's just kind of been embarrassing. Um, Who did they lose to last week again? Uh, I watched the game. Wasn't it Oregon? 
Yeah, that's right. They did. It was Oregon. They battled them close in the first quarter and they fell apart. Dude, yeah, like Bonix is out here like breaking ankles and Cal's so boring that we forgot they played. Like Bonix had like six touchdowns and Cal's so boring we forgot about the game. That's what I'm yeah. like, Cal. Like Justin Wilcox, real buzzing the program, dude. Um you know, I was supposed to give a game preview, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um uh, that's my preview on Cal, guys. <laughs> um, for USC, uh, like, in all seriousness, I was, like, read it. But what I saw last week, a couple of the throws he made was just – it was crazy. I know people are going to say, like, Arizona's defense is, like, not that good. And granted, obviously, they're not that good. But, like, some of the throws he made were just nasty. And the Wildcats were actually, like, in decent coverage. And they, I remember he made like a step back. I'm gonna break this down basketball terms. To like a step back, like fadeaway throw um, to some like I forget who caught it in the back of the end zone, and it was just like an absolute perfect spot. Um, there are other plays um, where he stepped up in the pocket and I, he put in that like six yard dime uh, like Taj Washington. That was like a Madden goal line play on like all Madden difficulty. That was executed quickly, swiftly, and he dropped that in there. I mean, that was an NFL play. Um, if he can continue to show this level of excellence um if he can continue to be good if he can continue to be okay if he can continue to be bad um they should beat cal um you know like as long as he doesn't like um really just throw four picks um they should be all right um so yeah i picked usc 42 17 um like you touched on a little bit ago um coming way too late back to that point but uh did like the way a couple other of those uh, playmakers did step up taj washington uh, last week had that nice catch Brandon Rice, I think he uh, may have like dropped a couple of the still enough, a uh, couple nice plays, and um, Travis Dye, obviously the consummate pro, um, just really I think, I think probably when you're looking back on it, probably going to be one of the most underrated players in Oregon history. Uh, I don't know why I said Oregon there, but Oregon USC Pac-12 history. Um, just he's done so much for so many teams, and I think I actually put on Twitter um, as a guy who like coaches like basketball like sometimes I just get like excited about the things I see on the football field and like Travis Dye runs like he's run like reverses and he runs them so perfectly like you know the line's gonna get credit but it's really Travis Dye taking the extra step or two to really draw the defenders in and then drop a pitch in the perfect place or maybe he steps up two like centimeters earlier for the block again I'm a basketball coach I'm not giving you the technical one-two terminology but Travis Dye does all the little things and um just having him on the field combined with Caleb Williams, it's a lot this year. And uh, defense has questions, but uh, this offense is for real. Um, they're for real. And, uh, yeah, Cal, you still suck. So, uh, USC 42-17. <laughs> what's, what's, uh, what's our next game? What, what do we have laid out on the, on the, on the Google Doc here? Uh, it's it's going to be UCLA and Arizona State. So, this game's in Tempe, and uh, uh, Arizona State's got – a new quarterback that they're been going with the last game and against Washington as well. Uh, Trenton uh, Borgay, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. And he's a local, actually he's from Tucson, uh, local Arizona kid, uh, I believe he's a junior at this point. And he's been operating their offense really effectively. Interim coach Sean Aguano has taken over the play calling duties on offense. He's expanded um, the attack, I guess I could say it, using tight ends more, going a bit more up-tempo. And to really revitalize their offense there at Arizona State. If you remember two weeks ago, ASU lost to Stanford and Stanford didn't score a touchdown and still won the game. Um, that was Emory Jones' last game. And now they've been going with Trenton Borgay. Uh, they beat Colorado last week by about eight, put up, I think, 40, 42 points on the bus. 
So they're able to score points with Borgay. Um, I, I remember watching the Washington game. He just – he embarrassed the Washington defense. He's just like a practice out there. He's just quick with his throws. They, the ASU media is showing some stats about how quick he gets the ball out when he's under pressure, under blitzing. And he's one of the fastest in the nation at doing it. He's also completing a lot of percent of his, of his passes when he gets blitzed. So that's uh, unique, I guess, for a player without much experience. He's been waiting there in the, the wings, I guess, for several seasons, and he's finally getting his chance. He's, um, you know, ready to go. I got UCLA winning this game. Uh, Arizona State's defense isn't good enough to, to stop UCLA, and if it's going to come down to um, a shootout with the Bruins, ASU is not going to score enough points uh, to win the game. I think Bill McGovern's defense at UCLA – um, we'll have something for Borgay. He's going to scheme up a, a particular specialized game plan for this kid. Um, McGovern was a linebackers coach in the NFL, has a lot of uh, experience in the NFL. And so he's got something for sure uh, for Borgay. And of course, DTR is going to kill it, man. And Zach Charbonnet, UCLA, UCLA's offense is rolling. I got the Bruins winning um, probably by more than 10. What do you got, though? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like with UCLA, I think it, it's hard to say exactly who they are. Um, they're really good, but how good? Um, and you're looking at the remainder of their schedule, and if they don't have any slip-ups, um, you got obviously ISUs you touched on, I'll, I'll get there. Um, but they have Arizona after that, um, which you'd expect them to win, and then they're at Cal. Um, you'd expect them to be able to out-physical, um, out, let's say out-physical two of those teams, Arizona schools, and out-athletic, um, out-athleticism, um, Cal. Um, in between there, you got USC. Obviously, that'll be a uh, – I don't know if you want to call it a coin flip. That'll be a good game this year. That's a Pac-12 game. No matter however people want to slice it, dude, whenever the L.A. schools are good and they're playing in meaningful games, football or basketball, it's fun to watch. Um, it, it is what it is. It's L.A. It's New York. Um I'm like a, probably what you'd consider a weirdo who likes to go walk in the like woods and like do things. And I don't know, like maybe like talk to myself and like, you know, maybe start a new religion, but like bottom <laughs> line, like when USC and uh, UCLA are playing football and the LA um, schools are like playing, I want to be there. Um, even, even I have enough sense to watch that. So, um, Oh yeah. So let's talk about Arizona state um, bottom line. Um, so for UCLA, I just want to say like, uh, I just think that they should really, um, they should really handle um, ASU, Arizona, and Cal. Um, you'd expect that. Um, and I was one circling back to how good they are. With that alone, they should come out of this ten and two. Um, and I just want to see how this all really plays out. Um, in terms of this week's game, I just don't really think that ASU can hang athletically. Um, UCLA, UCLA this year has already beaten Utah. Um, they did it pretty convincingly. Uh, pretty, like cry when I said that uh, pretty convincingly <laughs> I must have I must have picked that game wrong or something dude that was like a weird subconscious thing I think I picked that game wrong there was <laughs> something <too>. there <laughs> like I don't even know um I mean again Stanford um uh oh dude I wanted to talk ish about one of your points was too late so I'll let it go by but um but like Stanford um got handled by them and Stanford was coming into that game uh I think they'd won two other last three before they played UCLA and UCLA just beat them 38-13. That game was never a game. So you're looking at a blowout there. Um, UCLA really handled Washington. Um, granted, UW had like – I turned off the game, but uh, they actually scored like 17 touchdowns after that and made it close to the end. Um, always watch the game till the end, people. Uh, it's a true fact. I would have been pissed if uh, UW came back and won. Uh, 
and I missed it. But uh, yeah, so I mean, UCLA did handle them comfortably and probably uh, put their took their foot off the pedal, um, you know, before that, whatever you want to call that. And then uh, they also, I mean, they played Colorado before that. Who cares? Um, so like, you're looking at that. Um, they really handled the teams they should, and they've handled a lot better teams than ASU. Um, and I, I'm even thinking back to like last season when they played Hawaii. Um, at the beginning of the year, when UCLA gets a team in Chip Kelly, um, I don't know. Um, you know, I think he's probably one of the most uh, controversial figures in the Pac-12. Um, just you know, looking at the totality of everything. Um, but when he gets a team um, that he can out physical, it feels like his NFL pedigree takes over, and he doesn't get caught up in the college game and try and run a bunch of weird crap. He just like runs the ball directly at them, and I expect him to do that um, to ASU this week. Um, I did pick UCLA 38-21. Um, I like what you said about uh, Trent Borgay. He's done a he has done a good job stepping and running the offense. Uh, Sean Aguano's done a really good job. I think he's won a – has it has it been two out of the last three games they've won? Yeah, it sounds right. They lost to Stanford, beat Washington, and Colorado. <laughs> sounds right, and you come with the exact point, dude. Okay, okay, I see you. <laughs> Little what what do you call that? Um, passive aggressive behavior, dude. You know. And they've they've like caused cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy for that dude. No, um, in all, in all seriousness, no, that's clutched. I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. Oh, uh, I'm also swearing. My bad. Um, I mean, whatever. Um, no, but I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, dude, whatever. Things happen. Uh, fire, maybe. Um, but no. Um, so like, uh, yeah, ASU. I mean, or um, yeah, ASU'd won two of their last three. Um, and really, um, Stanford they were one point away from winning. Uh, Joshua Cardi decided to miss a field goal ever. Um, they would have lost, but uh, he's clutch. So I'm just not expecting ASU to match up athletically. I'm not really sure what I just talked about for 10 minutes, but bottom line, I just don't think that um, UCLA can match up athletically with ASU. I think that um, Chip Kelly is smart enough to break this down, uh, play football in an elevator, and uh, really just keep giving the ball to Zach Charbonnet um, continuously. Uh, keep it simple is the bottom line for me here. Um, I think the again, I think that Chip Kelly is smart enough to do that uh, with, based off his NFL pedigree, and I'm picking a, again UCLA uh, 38-21. Yeah, I think that's a fairly wide consensus. UCLA will win this game. Although I did see it was it John Wilner that's picking Arizona State to win like on the money line. Like, whoa, dude! Like, all right, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so, but okay, dude, whatever you say. Um, all right, we'll, we'll move on to last game. We got Utah. And Arizona. Earlier in the week, I saw some predictions for a snow snow game, and I saw a picture of Utah Stadium, uh, Rice Eccles, with uh, completely covered in snow. And this would be the first Arizona game in snow that I've ever seen, maybe. So it'd be wild if that happens. But anyways, um, last week there was a weird deal with Cam Rising and um, him missing part of the or all the game I guess because of a uh, undisclosed injury I don't even know what happened but um their backup Bryson Barnes uh, came out on he the got field drunk and in Pullman and banged a really hot chick and got too tired dude <laughs> 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 that was the injury dude come no. on have you ever been to Pullman like freaking like dude that was a great place like <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, I was in college once uh, I, I wasn't I sure I certainly wasn't cam rising I was probably like Hang out with my buddies, like drinking extra beer at the end of the night. But like Cam Rising probably had a cool experience in Pullman for sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
So I don't, it's, it's unclear if he's going to play, right? Because it's, uh, he's remains questionable. I guess that's his official status. And he was a game time decision apparently. And he decided not to go. Um, and then they also didn't have Tavion Thomas for disciplinary reasons. We're thinking we're not really sure uh, what his deal is with the program right now. And then Mika Bernard also didn't play. So they were down to their third string running back uh, Glover, Jalen Glover and um, Jaquindon Jackson, who is a quarterback, uh, converted quarterback uh, transfer from Texas who, who's been running back for them um, this season a little bit. So uh, they're, they're depleted a little bit on offense and we'll see what personnel they have available for this game. Arizona's defense just isn't good. Bottom line, uh, the scheme doesn't work uh, with the personnel that uh, UVA has on their roster and Johnny Nansen defensive coordinator is unwilling to change it and modify it to the players that he has. So it is what it is. Um, tackles for loss have been a real big problem this season for UVA. Haven't been able to get any hardly any or sacks too. So um, Jaden Delore on the other side of the ball, um, you know, has been killing it for U of A. Jacob Cowan crushing it. Dorian Singer crushing it. Arizona's putting up enough points to win games, but his defense has given up way too many. It's impossible. If you force like two or three punts a game, you're not going to win. And just, it's just, uh, you know, there's not, not much to say here about U of A. Um, they're going to have a good offense. They're going to score points, but they're not going to score more than Utah because Utah's just going to run all over Arizona's defense, literally. They're going to run the ball all over them. And so what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, I mean, pretty much what dude, it's what you said. I mean, like, I'd love to, like, disagree and, like, you know, just disagree and disagree more. But, like, dude, no, I mean, we really don't know who's going to be playing for Utah this week. Um, and I think Kyle Whittingham, um, don't call me on this, but I feel like probably historically uh, he's going to be less inclined. Um, at least it feels that way to give hints, you know, about who's actually going to be on the field. So, um, with that, I, I'm not going to like go out there and make some crazy theory about um, who's going to be playing for Utah. Um, so uh, we actually maybe shockingly agree on that point. But um, pretty much um, just for me, it just goes down to whoever's on the field for Utah, they're going to get it done. Um, this is a Salt Lake City game uh, in November, home game for the Utes. And uh, this is now um, – you can't call them obviously like a CFP winner or anything like that, but this is an elite program um, and just a team that finds ways to get it done. And um, one thing I heard, um, it's on like some, I was listening to some football podcast. Wow. That was shocking. Um, some football podcast. I don't know who it was, but they were just saying like how um, you really learn about teams um, later on in the year. Um, like, and it makes sense because people are going to get injured in football. Um, this is a warrior sport. That's why I played basketball. Um, and like, how good can you go beyond your depth? And that's like, you look at Arizona's front line and offensively, um, maybe minus their offensive line, they could probably hang with any team in the conference. Um, maybe, I don't want to say maybe any team in the country, um, cause that'd be a huge overstatement, but, um, those receivers are a lot of fun to watch. And I think, um, any just casual fan can uh, say that. Like I like Arizona's one of those teams now. Like I want to watch just because of those receivers. Um, and Jane Delora, uh, mini Brett Favre out there, um, scrambling for thirty yards one play and deciding to throw an interception on the next. Um, I watched him as a coup. Um, and I just think he's a perfect fit for Arizona. I know it's probably uh, frustrating, um, but I just again I just think he's a perfect fit. You need that guy for kind of this upstart team, uh, breeds life in the program. Uh, you know, Jed Fishman doing that. But um, basically what I wrote in my preview is basically what I said there is um, breeding all that life and having all that hope and energy. Um, that's cool stuff. But uh, 
Salt Lake City, November, we're talking physicality on the lines and Utah runs deep. Um, they've sent many NFLers there. Um, and so you're just expecting them to really just maybe not hand it to Arizona in the first quarter, maybe not hand it to them in the second quarter. Do you know the quote? You, you get where this is going. So, like, um, at some point, whoever's running, the holes are going to open up. Whoever's playing quarterback, they're going to have a, one or two play action plays um, to, you know, gain a little bit of separation from Arizona. Um, love Jed Fish's competitive spirit. I don't think that Arizona's going to get blown out. Um, not if Utah's really shorthanded. Um, if they're fully staffed, it's a little bit different story. But uh, I just don't think they're going to have enough to. I, what I always call is comfortably close. Um, and I think Utah is going to really hold that like one to two touchdown lead kind of throughout the game. And I picked them 35 to 21. Um, again, I just think that Arizona's offense is uh, good enough um, to score some points really against anyone, um, but not enough to hang with Utah. Dang. Do we agree there twice, dude? I heard, I heard you say that. And I just heard it, man. That's gross. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is what it is this weekend. I mean, the Washington and Oregon state games really, the main competitive one of the ones that we've covered. Um, the other ones, I guess really UCLA is one to watch uh, on the road against Arizona State because, you know, U of A probably isn't going to beat Utah and Cal isn't going to beat USC. But ASU could be a little bit more competitive with the Bruins um, out of those three matchups. So, um, but yeah, man, uh, last week we did like a random thought to end. So what's your random thought this week? Random thought, dude. I was like uh... – Man, last week it was all like real. I think I told us to all be happy and stuff. Um, and like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think I angrily told us to be happy. Um, uh, what, a, what a contradiction. My random thought, okay, dude, for sure. Um, I'm so glad you asked now. And I'm stealing this from the podcast, The Brilliant Idiots. So I want to like, I don't, that ain't my style because um, I heard it from them today. Um, that was not the football podcast I was listening to. It's entirely different. But um, like, they were saying how like every human is going to contradict themselves on some level and we should probably all just admit it. And I was like, that's so true. Cause like we all probably do contradict ourselves on some level. So we're all probably like hypocrites at some level and we should just admit it and then like be cool with it and like try and be as good as possible from there. And dang, does this get, does this get super lessony again, man? Screw this. All right. Yeah. But yeah. Just think about that. You know what I'm saying? I heard that. I was like, huh, that's interesting. We're all, so we're all probably hypocrites, dude. Just admit it. And like, let's deal with it. And like drink a beer or whatever. Like, dude, who cares? Like, it's all good. That's my thought. Yeah. Bro. Oh, dude, there you go. I mean, I got nothing to add other than I got a hockey game this weekend. So that's always fun. It's a brand new season. Uh, same teammates, a little bit different bit of a roster. We got one guy leaving. We got one guy uh, coming on. So it's always fun to go see your friends and, I think that's important in life is to, you know, have your social network that, you know, in real life, your friends, I mean, that you see on a semi-regular basis and it's just good to have that. So keep that in mind. But all right, guys, until then. Wait, 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 Okay. First off, we're getting like too like happy, which I, I, I may agree with your point, but we're getting too happy. I'm not going to let you skip over like casually because me and you like, I know we probably look younger than most of the podcasts out there. You know, maybe we eat a vegetable every once in a while, but I'm not going to let you skip over the fact that you just said you're playing hockey. Like, you mean like people are really about to like crack you on ice like this weekend? So, okay. In Tucson, there is a little bit of ice hockey, but it's really more roller hockey here. So also called inline hockey um, on rollerblades is really popular in the nineties. 
Uh, there's a rink here that's been here since 95 or 94. And so, um, yeah, it's roller hockey. It's not ice hockey. That's still dope, dude. That's still, like, I, I, like, love, like, talking crap about football. But, like, I prefer, like, when people be doing, like, random, like, weird shit. Like, I play, like, handball and stuff, which is just, like, a, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, so, no, that's cool, bro. Um, I mean, I'd crack you on the ice for sure, um, considering <laughs> or, whatever the rink. Just, just, I'll crack you wherever, bro. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, you, whatever you want to take us out, bro, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, all right, well. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot of fun, man. Hockey's a lot of fun, even even roller hockey. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, enjoy the games this weekend, guys. There's a big one on Friday. Um, there's eight of them on Saturday, so um, be on the lookout for some some good ones this weekend. Until then, everybody, stay safe. <laughs>